Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, it's that time of year. It's the time of year where you are struggling to figure out what to give other people. <laughs> or it's called the holiday season here. Well, either way, it's winter in North America and the Northern Hemisphere, and I've got a bunch of ideas for you to give people for gifts, or just for the heck of it. And this list of books I'm going to share with you are also texts that I would highly recommend you read. Now, on previous episodes, I've talked about my book club, my boys' bourbon and books, but What I would suggest is many of these books, if you have a team of people that you work with, whether that be as a leader of industry, uh, in a hospital, in a school, in a classroom, at a grade level, these are books that I would strongly suggest you give to others so that you can read with others. Because leaders are readers, and readers are better leaders. (laughs) Okay, so a variety of different texts for you, and one podcast Uh, that I'm going to recommend for you to listen to because I listened to it the other day and it changed my mindset about a lot of things. All right, so let's get to it. The first book is by one of the guests of the podcast a few episodes ago, Craig Weber. It's his second book and it's called Influence in Action. And again, it's all about finding that sweet spot of collaboration where you are focusing on having curiosity as well as the courage and candor to be in the best position to advocate not just for your own point of view, but to understand, be empathetic towards others so that in the end, you can have a really great product. Now, the book is called Influence and Action by Craig Weber. All of these books can be found on Amazon. And each time I share one of these books with you, I'm just going to pull one part of the text out that I really, really enjoyed. And Craig is somebody who I really I really like his mindset, I like his thinking, I like his cadence when he writes, as well as how he put this book together, because it's a variety of different um, applications as well as reminders of what to do. Now, one of the things that he talks about in this text is called treating listening as a discipline, and I love this, because what he does is he breaks down that there are four different ways that you should listen if you treat it as a discipline. The first way is to practice mindful listening. Actually, be present, focusing your, your attention on the other person, etc. Now, it's a good reminder. It's simple, but I think it's something we often forget. The second one is practice engaged listening, paying careful attention to what's being said and resisting the temptation to guess where they're going or whipping yourself into a rash judgment based upon what they're saying. I almost think that these four listening pieces should become little checklists for us to keep in front of us while we're in meetings. The, the third one is listen for something new. And I really like this. He, he's, he calls it turning the conversation into an Easter egg hunt, literally looking for and listening for fresh insight or information, things that have not been said before from the other person. And then the last one, number four, which is my favorite, and I've been practicing it, is listen for contrast. Listen to people who see things in a different way, not necessarily to find common ground, although it's a big bonus if you can, but in order to understand and to learn. Now, those four ways are just, I don't know, I think there's a thousand different strategies in here in this text. And I think this is a really good book, especially if you work in schools, because 
So many of us are practicing the professional learning community strategies and and processes, but many of us are not sharpening that saw. And I firmly believe there are two types of PLCs in the world. One is a professional learning community focused on using the data to understand what's going on in in an active and engaged way so we can make modifications to support the learning of the people in front of us. And then I think there's something called pretend learning communities. Yeah, the other PLC. I think we need to instill as many tools as possible to support a true learning community, whether that be in the classroom, professionally, or wherever we are. And Influence and Action by Craig Weber is a really good book. It's a fast read. It's also one of those reads where you can read a couple of chapters, bring the ideas, and then just go right away. Finally, the book is called How to Build Your Conversational Capacity, Do Meaningful Work, and Make a Powerful Difference. And one of my favorite chapters is chapter 16, where he creates a crafting a powerful personal plan and includes a bunch of tools. I think this is a fantastic book if you want to grow the people around you, have real conversations, and focus on better outcomes. Now, the second book is by John Clifton from Gallup. And what I really like about this is many of you who listen to the podcast recognize the importance of being engaged, but also supporting an engaged environment. Now, engagement is understanding that I personally own my engagement, and supporting an engaged environment is ensuring that the processes and the tools are there so that people can do the best work that they can. And this book is called Blind Spot, The Global Rise of Unhappiness and How Leaders Missed It. It's a really cool both historical text as well as book that's just filled with really cool statistics and data in it. It will help you better understand the environments in which you lead and support as well as all the people around you. I recommend this book for senior leaders, mid-level managers, people who uh, oversee, support, and evaluate a lot of people, or curious minds history teachers, social studies teachers, etc. On page 57, there was an index that kind of blew my mind because it really shifted the paradigm of my thinking. Now, I go through the day many times running into a lot of what we would call cows, people who have a negative mindset, are pessimistic, are trying to outrun their problems. And yet, there are some questions asked by Gallup globally that really surprised me. And there was something called the Positive Experience Index. And these were the responses that really supported me thinking, hey, maybe there are more positive people in the world that we can be around. So the Positive Experience Index question, here, here's the first one. Were you treated with respect all day yesterday? All day. 86% of the respondents globally said yes. Did you smile and laugh a lot yesterday? of global people said yes. Did you experience the following feelings during a lot of the day yesterday? How about enjoyment? 71% said yes. Did you feel well rested yesterday? 70% said yes. 50% said, did you learn or do something interesting yesterday? Half the world did something interesting the day before. Who are all these people that we're giving so much energy to that are so crabby and pessimistic? Huh, they must actually be the minority. And you know what? They are. Because as they go on through the book to talk about the different ways that unhappiness is rising globally, 
Well, we've missed a couple of opportunities, and that is to actually reinforce a lot of the positive things that are going on. Create the conditions for engagement. Increase the application of people's strengths and finding ways to utilize those. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a great guest on, Tim Hodges, talking about that. And this text will super fuel your ability to engage and support other people, not just with their strengths, but their lifestyle and their happiness. Again, the book is called Blind Spot by John Clifton. It is a wealth of wonderful and interesting data. And anyone who's working with other people, coaching them or trying to get them to support others needs to read this book. All right. Now, the last three. These are texts that are phenomenal gifts uh, for people that you serve, as well as a little gift for yourself. Nothing better than that Amazon Prime shows up the next day, huh? Well, this next book, the third book, is a text that I found weirdly when I was scrolling through ESPN's Facebook page. I noticed that there was a pro athlete walking off the airplane in a very stunning jacket, and he was carrying a book. So I zoomed in on the book, and I was like, hmm, I've never heard of that book. So I looked it up, I bought it, and I read it in an evening. I loved it. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. It's not new. It's about nine years old, eight years old. And it's from the Japanese phenomenon that shows you how to change your life and achieve real happiness. What I love about the book is that this is a text that could be read with high school students, college students, well, anybody after that, any leader. But it's great because it's written as a conversation. It's almost like a play. It's a conversation between a philosopher and a youth. And the chapters here are phenomenal. Why people can change. Trauma does not exist. People fabricate anger. How to live without being controlled by the past. Are you okay just as you are? Unhappiness is something you choose for yourself. People always choose not to change. Now, the trauma chapter kind of took me back for a little bit, but then as I read it, I was like, trauma does exist. It's just how we respond and deal with it. The book gives a million reflective applications for life and leadership. Again, it was a very, very quick read. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked, and I think it's a really good book to give to anyone. And on the back, it says my favorite thing, discover why unhappiness is something you choose for yourself. Life is not a competition. Admitting fault does not defeat what real freedom is and looks like, how to exist in the present, how you can be happy now, and so much more. This is a smart thinking book. This is a buffalo fueling text, and it's something I'd highly recommend you get for anyone that you know who's looking just for a little extra boost to be the best version of themselves. All right, now the last two. This text was shared with me in a phone call with one of my really good friends, Mark. We were talking and he's like, hey, have you heard of John Acuff? I said, no, who is he? He goes, he wrote the book Soundtracks. I just, I just heard him speak at a conference. We got to get the book. Well, we got the book and we fell in love with it. John Acuff uses a language in this text that will help you as a person, as a parent, as a friend, as a leader, as a teacher, as a principal, as a manager, heck, working at a gas station. You will help other people in ways just because of the language that he creates for you in this text. 
I murdered this book with a pen. I don't think there's a page that doesn't have something underlined, starred, or revisited over and over by me as I reread the text. Go back to page this, that, or the other thing. Now, the reason I love the book is because it's very simple. I read it in about, I don't know, two, three hours, and then I reread it so that I could really, really understand it. It's helped me coach my children. It's helped me with my wife. It's helped me personally. It's helped me with others, and I just love it. The idea is this. In our lives, there are things that are said to us, there are things that we say to ourselves, and we create a soundtrack off of it. You know, for instance, Miss Guybe, my fourth grade teacher, she might have said to me something to the fact of like, hey, Teddy, not everybody's good at math. And then over the course of my life, and this is true, as I would struggle with math and need to demonstrate perseverance in my numeracy skills, (laughs) you know what I would hear? Hey, Teddy, you're not so good at math. It's a soundtrack. It's something I would play over and over and over again in my head. There are hundreds and hundreds of soundtracks in all of our minds. And what I love about it is he gives you all of these different ways to deal with it. There are questions you should be asking yourselves. There are exercises you should be doing. There are ways in which to approach and attack it so that you can get past it. Now, one of the main premises of this book is the idea that your soundtracks, well, they're always with you. You can't really ever turn them off, but you can learn to turn them down. It's a book I'd highly recommend you give anybody who's struggling with any sort of confidence, with anyone who questions their own abilities, who any, with, for anyone who regularly and almost always has an excuse for why they can't do something. And the whole book focuses on one simple fact. They've talked themselves into it, and they keep pressing play on their tape player and listening to their soundtrack over and over and over again. I, as you, you can hear me listening, opening the book here. I love this book. And the reason I love the book is because there's three questions you need to ask yourself if you want to break your soundtrack. Question number one, is it true? Question number two, is it helpful? And question number three, is it kind? Now, you need to read the book as he breaks those three questions down because there's all of these things that we do to ourselves where we convince ourselves that it's true, but it's not. There's all types of things that we convince ourselves that are helpful, but they're not. And there's all different ways we are not kind to ourselves. The book is called Soundtracks, The Surprising Solution Overthinking, and it's by John Acuff. It's a phenomenal read and a wonderful gift. Now, the last one, the last one, I got this after I went online and looked for all of the things I could find about soundtracks. And I found this awesome book called Your New Playlist by John Acuff with his kids. It's a book you've got to buy for high schoolers, upper middle schoolers, and college students. I actually believe this book should be required reading for anyone preparing to be a teacher, anyone who does teach, and anyone who has children which I think is most of us. Now, the book, again, the new Your New Playlist by John Acuff. And one of my favorite things is this quote here. Changing the story you tell yourself about yourself is a process. Changing the story you tell yourself about yourself is a process. It goes through from both the kids' perspectives, John's two daughters, and John's on how to do this. It's written by the girls, giving great 
and very relevant and applicable high school life experiences, as well as all the different stories that teenagers and young adults tell themselves. And it breaks down, using the applications from the book soundtrack, in the language of a younger person, how to deal with it. I love this because I know both of my children struggle with soundtracks in their heads. I struggle with soundtracks, but now it's written in their world because kids don't have soundtracks. They have playlists. So how do you deal with it? Well, it's the superpower mindset of shifting all of these issues for yourself so that you can be successful. I love this book. And one of my favorite quotes is right off the bat in the text. And it says, overthinking is when what you think gets in the way of what you want. Oh, so perfect. All of the ways our brain paralyzes us from being buffalo and charging into the storms that we are facing. And there's so many little ways in here that you can change the conversation. I'd highly recommend as a parent that you read the book with your kids. Buy it on audio, have them listen to it, and go with it. Fear is a voice and it doesn't get a vote. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Now, the last one is a podcast I want you to look up. It's called Three Little Words. That's it. Three Little Words. I think you can find it on Amazon Prime for free. It is on iTunes, but on Wonderly, you have to purchase it. Three little words. It's conversations with people that really, really will change your mindset around what you're doing. All right, so let's do some smart thinking. List the books you're going to buy for other people to support their leadership as well as their mindsets and provide them energy over the winter break. Describe the ways in which you could change your soundtracks, increase your happiness, and learn to take on the challenges you're facing in new ways. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening, and please make sure to share and rate this episode, as well as support the Well Pennies on their musical platform, as well as any musical platform you have. As we close out here for this week, I just wanted to make sure to provide you with some resources to support your leadership as well as others. We've got a bunch of time off here coming up in the near future, and I think one of the best ways is to go into that time off with a list, a list of ways to improve yourself. Too often I find my friends and colleagues and people I love thinking to themselves, I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit there. Well, one of the things to do is actually to busy your brain. Yeah busy your brain. Those soundtracks that John Acuff talks about, the unhappiness that John Clifton talks about, all of these different ways in which we can grow, it all comes from one simple thing, idle minds. When we're idle and we're not doing anything, well, our brain fills itself. And when our brain fills itself, it takes one of two choices. It either goes left to happiness or right to sadness. And frankly, I want to go ahead. I want to run into the storms that I'm facing with you in an effort to be the best version of ourselves. And the only way to do that is to fuel our brain and be a leader who's a reader. Pick one of these books. Pick any of these books. Pick a book. Whatever you do, just take some time over break to refuel your mindset, build better skills to support yourself and others. And finally, find a way to grow. All right, we're going to end this week's podcast with another great song by the Well Pennies. I think you'll know exactly what it is the second you hear it. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 